0: Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development in our state. Hosted by Jeff Frent and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. British Prime Minister Winston Churchill said plans are of little importance, but planning is essential. You also may have heard the maxim, which is one of my favorites, those who fail to plan are planning to fail. Joining us today to talk about how planning can be the difference between survival or failure within an organization is Vision First Advisors President and CEO Gray Swope, who has a long and distinguished career serving both in the public and private sectors for more than three decades. Gosh, you're old. Most recently, Gray served as Florida's Secretary of Commerce, and prior to a stint in the Sunshine State, he also served as Executive Director of the Mississippi Development Authority, my previous employer as well. Known for building highly effective teams and their ability to develop and implement strategic plans which get results, such as helping add more than 728,000 private sector jobs in Florida in less than four years. While in Mississippi, Gray and his MDA team successfully recruited global leaders like Toyota, PACCAR, and GE Aviation, creating thousands of jobs in the Magnolia State. At Vision First Advisors, Gray's team helped clients realize tangible results, including key resources and opportunities to help their clients achieve their objectives. Please welcome, Gray Swope.
1: Thank you, Jeff. And I just will say, instead of thinking of us as older...
0: (laughs) It's more experienced. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a really <laughs> quick ad lib. But no, I, we've been acquainted for a number of years and uh, really respect your body of work, which does speak for itself. I mean, thank you. the list of global clients and global companies that uh, you've been affiliated with and have helped bring to uh, Florida and Mississippi, and now you're helping global clients all across the country, uh, really just speaks for itself. So well, thank in you. all seriousness.
1: Well, that's a- <laughs> We've been very fortunate and really had some great teams to work with, and so excited to talk about it.
0: Let's start with a quote from Winston Churchill. Plans are of little importance, but planning is essential. What does this mean to you, and how can this benefit economic development organizations?
1: Well, I always thought if you don't know where you're going, then you'll end up there. And so, you know, I do believe in planning. Uh, I think it's an it's, a, it's an essential element of any success. You have to kind of understand where you're trying to go, where you are today, and then put a plan together in how you want to achieve those, those objectives. And it sounds pretty basic, and it is, but it's amazing to me how many people just don't take the time to put together a strategy and do that planning process because it just it takes time.
0: And it seems like what Winston Churchill was also implying really is that the process is really one of the most important things out of all of this because you end up with a product at the end, but often how you get there is what's really important.
1: No, and I agree 100% with that. We, in fact, we tell people, if you, if you just want a, a plan, I can write a plan for you right now. But the likelihood of it being successful are going to be greatly diminished if you don't take the time to get stakeholder input, to do
0: some research, to
1: understand what are the barriers, what are the things it takes to get to your objectives at, at the very end.
0: So it's really easy to say, as you just said, we need a strategic plan, but it's a lot more difficult to create an effective one. What are the keys or the key steps anyway to starting the strategic planning process? In other words, what do you need to do first? So if you think of it, there's really five key elements that we look at in
1: our business that, that, that kind of starts that process of strategic planning. And it's not by Irony that our name vision first uh, is the name of our company is because we do think it starts with vision any successful plan you have to have a vision of where you want to go and that vision has to be shared amongst your stakeholders the people that are involved in that planning process that are ultimately in charge of implementing it and so it starts with that shared vision. And then we, we, we call it the four W's. And this is something I learned a long time ago from uh, uh, Dr. Susan Lettick, who you won't have any idea of, it always stuck with me, but it, it was somebody that we worked with oh two decades, three decades ago, now that I think about it, uh, on strategic planning. But it's to think about these four elements, who you are, what you do, why you do it, and for whom. And if you really kind of go through those basic steps, then that's kind of the way that you can really put a framework together of a plan.
0: That's very similar to the basic tenets of you know journalistic storytelling. You know who, what, where, when, and why.
1: Yeah, very similar.
0: <laughs> and I always say it also needs a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, in other words, you've got start someplace. The middle, you know, is your transition to what you're goals are essentially in this case yeah i, I find it interesting
1: because a lot of economic development organizations you start out with who and they're, oh we're the IDA of or the economic development corporation of and you kind of say okay what does that mean who makes up your body well we've got investors oh we got political folks we've got this and so Taking the time to understand, really, who is involved in that process and who are the folks that you're trying to achieve a plan for is a very basic step that most people just ignore.
0: And from my experience, a lot of times people can't even answer those simple basic questions. They, they feel that they know it, but when it comes to verbalizing it and communicating it, they're actually almost stumped.
1: Every time. It's interesting when we... Uh, work with our clients on on a strategy and we we, we start with that basic premise of tell us about who you are and that is uh, and we could talk about a little bit in a a minute but it's really there's a lot of elements of that of that who who's your community uh you know who are your who are your investors who are the ones they're going to implement so it's really a basic step that kind of drives the whole process
0: how important is the strategic planning process and Who needs to have a seat at that table? Of course, it may be different for every organization.
1: Yeah, I think today that has really changed. And so especially, especially when you start talking about community and economic development strategy, it used to be that a good, solid economic development strategy really started with the economic development organization or the Chamber of Commerce. It had the civic piece involved in it. And if you could do those two things... You probably had everybody you needed at the table to be successful. Today, it's much more, uh, it's a broader selection. And I think the question becomes, who is your community? And so if you look at product today, product not just being a site, not just being a building, but product being talent, being people, it's not only the civic piece of it. It's not only the organizational piece of it, but it's really the talent piece of it. And then I think the fourth really thing that's really evolved and changed is is the role of not, you know, nonprofits and faith-based organizations and how they can help in community development and placemaking.
0: It's become more fractured, sort of like the old days when you only had three television stations to watch. Now you've got cable television and you have hundreds of different options. And we have become more fractured now. There are also a lot more organizations vying for our attention and resources from these groups.
1: No, there's no doubt. But, you know, the thing is, all of the people that are at the table, they can bring value in a lot of different ways that we haven't thought of. And so when you look at the community as a whole, and we're, you know, trying to bring the community together to, if your objective is to have a more... A vibrant community and economy, then there are lots of players that can play in that in small roles that all contribute to that vision. So that's why it's so important, as we talked about a minute ago, is to get that vision. Um, if you look at, you know, uh, Melissa Medley, one of our my business partners, she always talk, calls it that North Star. You know, what is that North Star? What, do you, what is this big, overreaching vision that you want the community or economic development uh, focus of this community to be? And then if we're all working together, whether I am a faith-based group over here working on a talent piece that may be a coding academy for at-risk kids, it's all contributing to that North Star.
0: How important is it to receive then, you know, we're talking about who's at the table, and consider non-stakeholder input, for example, is understanding how the general public perceives an organization important to this process of developing a strategy, even though they may not be directly involved with the organization?
1: Yeah, so Jeff, I I always think of it like this, and it goes back to that question of who. So we said stakeholders a lot. Well, if you really think about it, what you're talking about are customer groups and understanding as an organization and building your strategy, who are your customers? Your customers, your direct customers, are your reason for being. You would not exist today as an organization if you did not have that direct customer to serve indirect customers are stakeholders they're not necessarily your reason for being but it's important to have them involved in the process because they can be contributors or they could be barriers if they're not part of it and so i always think of it and try to define those groups on the front end so this is our core mission here's the group we're trying to focus on our board understands that our community understands that and then us as a group of stakeholders this is how we play in the system
0: so at the end, who is responsible for defining the desired outcomes? Obviously, you're doing the planning. Do people often look back to you to help them define these desired outcomes? Or is it your job to facilitate them and help them find their way to that?
1: You know, communities are very different. There's no really cookie-cutter approach to it. And they all have different ways that they want to approach that. Some, they may need ongoing assistance to continue to have that conversation that you know we're we're new at this we've got a group different group of leaders at the table we need ha- to hold our hand a little bit to help us to understand where we're going others are more formal structures that have been engaged with leadership development in the community for many years and they probably don't need that help that they have the ability because it's been ingrained through, you know, succession planning and how the organization has evolved and p- flexible and morphed and they, c- they can continue to do those things. So it really just depends on the community and the situation.
0: I found that one of my big challenges is I tend to know where I want to go. I don't always know how to get there. And I think that's one of the big things that this process and the st- going through the strategic planning uh, process can help with is finding that path.
1: No, I, I think there's no doubt. And I think, you know, as a a consulting firm, our role has to be continued learning. If we only based our product to our clients based on the knowledge we have to date, then I'm sitting here sharing with you information that's already going to be dated. And so we constantly look at what other people are doing, what's, you know, what's the latest, greatest, and how all that evolves But it all then has to come back and fit that circumstance for that community.
0: So it seems today that many organizations, they like to fall back upon the mantra of, well, this is how we've always done things, which from my experience seems to be the path of dying a slow and sometimes painful death, sort of the frog in the boiling water. Can strategic planning and continuously updating, and I think that's a key, uh, an organization's strategic plan save it from this fate?
1: It has to. It's the only thing that will. If you're continuing to do the same thing today in the, the way the world is so disruptive, I guarantee you in two or three years your business is going to be in trouble. You know, it used to be they used they say that leadership needs to reinvent itself every five years. I'm not, I, I don't think it's that long. I think if you wait five years, you might be in trouble. So I, I think the best way to look at it is you look at organizations, I, I, I look at the role of not, not-for-profits or non-profits, I should say. And so if you look at Charity-based organizations today, they struggle, don't they? Because they've used the same model over and over, yet the way millennials invest and Gen X invest, it's very, very different from the way the boomers invested their money. And it'll be, again, differently. And so we have to constantly look at how investments are, are made. So I look at, like, organizations that you've never heard of that you should be, like Charity Water, One of the fastest growing, you know, uh, uh, not-for-profits and doing work, uh, you know, for people for third world countries that need water. And their whole approach is they engage you in the story. They tell you about the individuals that that are being helped and what that means to that individual in terms of education and success and being able to raise a family. So they connect the story to you as an investor so that you feel a part of it. That's what's missing most of the time. So in economic development, we have to think of the same way. If it's just that we have our five-year capital campaign, and we're going to have our investors every year, and we're not going to really connect into what we're doing, then I have a feeling that you're going to be in trouble.
0: And I've heard investors in the past say, if they're going to keep doing what they've been doing, uh, I'm going to decrease my participation. They didn't say they're going to abandon it necessarily, but it may be in some cases, but you know, they're looking for change and disruption, so to speak.
1: No, and I think that's one of the things when you talk to the investors in these organizations, you ask the question, do you feel value? And they struggle with it. And most of them, well, we're just doing our part to help our community. That's not going to sustain itself. And so you want, you want the answer to be that let me tell you why I invest. Because I see how it impacts our citizens. I've seen our average income increase by, you know, per capita increase by X. I've seen where ABC came into this community and employed people that were leaving. You want to hear those stories and connect those to what you're doing. And most people don't take the time to do it.
0: You said the key word there to me stories. You've got to be able to tell your own story. If you don't, somebody else will. And that's been a mantra of mine for years. Back from my days as a journalist, a meteorologist, you know, control your story, and then in the communications world,
1: that's exactly right.
0: And it's an important part of the sales process as well.
1: No, and and, and we as economic developers typically do not do a very good job of it. You know, we 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 talk about here's here's the investments for this year, but we don't talk about hey, let me tell you what these investments did. Meet. You know, Mr. and Mrs. So and so, or meet, you know, Joe Blow. And let me tell you how this job helped them in what they're doing. It's, we don't do a very good job of that.
0: Do you think part of that is based upon the fact, especially in the economic development world, that so much of what we do is, I don't want to say done in the shadows, but it's done confidentially for so many different reasons. And that we don't tend to be open to often sharing a lot of the process.
1: I think it comes from that, and 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 the result of having that, because it is confidential. Then, when it becomes public, the first question, you know, from our media friends is, "What what's what did you give them?" It's not viewed as an investment, and it's never the question of, or the answer to that question is, "Well, let me tell you what you're getting. You're getting a payroll in this community of 150 million dollars a year." That's $150 million of payroll of disposable income that helps small business that will have an impact on people buying cars, buying clothes, buying food, going out to eat. And we don't tell that story often enough. We talk about, yes, yeah, 100 jobs, $25 million in capital investment, and we gave them X, Y, and Z. And it just becomes a, a transaction. And the story is really transformational, but we don't tell it.
0: And organizationally, you tend to be just moving on to the next project.
1: That's right. Instead of coming back and saying, hey, this is so-and-so. Five years ago, they located here. Let me tell you, they were able to come back from Dallas and be a part of the community. And this is what they're doing now because they came home because of this opportunity. We, We don't tell those stories.
0: So what are the primary organizational benefits then of strategic planning? And how often do these plans need to be updated? You said originally, you know, five years. You know, that was, I guess, conventional thinking, but maybe not anymore.
1: I think the strategic plan itself has to be kind of a living document. And, and, and you've, you've got to constantly market, uh, monitor the market. The good thing about, if you look at economic development organizations, most of them, except for a few that are just 100% public, they're, they're, they're nimble. They can be flexible and they can adjust to market conditions. And I think you have to be because things change and they change rapidly. And so if you're doing your job, whether it's a state or whether it's a community or a region, then I think flexibility has to be built into it. So this is this is where we're going. We're going to stick to our plan. But we need to adjust a little here and there because we found this is not working, but we need to do a little bit more on this end. And so they they, I think they have to be living documents. But the problem is most people take, they do the strategic plan, they check the box, we got our plan. <laughs> and then when you go to your staff meeting or your board meeting, it's never referenced again. You never talk about, okay, these were our six initiatives and here's where we are. We don't give updates. We talk about in our board meetings, minutes, financials, any new business, any old business. Let's go eat lunch. Instead of saying, okay, today we're going to talk about initiative one and where we're going. Here's where we found that we're having some barriers. Here's where we're having success. We need to adjust our budget because we're going to actually raise this by 25000 versus somewhere else because we feel like this is working. That never happens. <laughs>
0: Seldom. You know, I've, I've seen some really great plans, uh, plans with very actionable items, and for any number of reasons— those plans end up becoming dust catchers on a bookshelf, and it's frustrating when you know you've got a good plan. I feel that's a reflection of maybe you missed out on the buy-in.
1: Yeah, and I, I I will say this: I I take it personal. If we if it's one of our clients that put a plan on the shelf, then we we may have missed something because if it's not implementable and it's not implemented then I think you know that there's been some failure somewhere in that process that I want to figure out what happened. You know, I, I always think about the strategic plans. Uh, he, he's retired now, but I know a lot of our listeners will know Van Cunningham, who used to be a, a consultant, then ended up retiring uh, uh, from uh, BNN BNN SF Rail. But uh, he used to talk about the the strategic plan. He says a, a a grade A implementation of a grade C plan was better than no implementation of a grade A plan. And I thought that's so true. So even if you had a, let's say, a grade C plan, implement the thing is so important. And, And most people get hung up on trying to get the perfect plan and get the perfect plan, and they never implement. And so once you get to a point that you think that there's something there, let's start implementing, and then we can add to it. Be flexible and continue to build and to refine
0: I'll tell you, you know, as a, as a team member, I've, I've been part of some really effective teams in the past. And one of the things that I always appreciated is that even though I was putting in 50, 60, sometimes 70 hours a week, I always knew where I was headed, what I was working for. And organizationally, within, you know, a similar organization, I worked in a structure that was lacking that vision, and working from a plan. And so I clocked in 8 to 5 every day, and I couldn't tell you where or why I was doing a lot of what I did other than we'd always done that. For me, I lost the passion for the job and the satisfaction of knowing that what I was doing was making a difference. And I bring this up to say that if it's implemented well, It can build up a team better than, you know, having just a great leader. A great leader also needs to have a great plan. It is
1: exactly right. and So if you have a a team that comes to work, they understand the strategy, then it almost develops tentacles that reaches down into improving on it every day. What can we do to improve on this strategy? Not just implement it, but I've also found some pieces here that will help us. From Everything from professional development, more research, more resources. That's when you know
0: you're doing the right thing. So what could an economic development organization or any organization who may be listening to us now do to start this process if they already do not have a strategic plan in place? Or perhaps they just have a really outdated one that they've never Cracked open and, and implemented.
1: Well, well, first of all, there 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 are lots of resources out there. I mean, there's there's firms out there, private sector. There are utilities that do this. There are state organizations that do this. There are regional organizations planning and development. There's help. The thing I think the first step would be to recognize we got to do something. And I would almost start just in house and asking myself and I, you know ourselves as a team. You know, what is our vision? Where do we want to go? And then apply those four W's, that who we are, what what we do, why we do it, and for whom. And if you write that down on a one-pager, you've got you a real good framework to start
0: something. Vision First Advisors, President and CEO, Gray Swope. He knows where we're going, and he can help us all get there. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDCinfo.